Welcome back, Houston Texans fans, to another episode of the Back Row Texans Show. I'm your host, Branson Thomas. We're not going to have your traditional introduction um, in the process of kind of revamping it and giving it a new look for a new year kind of deal. But, you know, let's get down to football. The draft, you know, we've had some time to, to let it sink in. And let's, let's kind of go over that and, and talk about just some general stuff today. Coming into the 2021 draft, we had eight picks. Uh, when we got done with the draft, we had only drafted five players, which tied us for the second or tied us for the smallest draft class in franchise history, which last year we only drafted five. And it, it hasn't seemed to work out yet. I'm not going to give up on anybody yet, but it, it hadn't looked good so far. That being said, we did have a busy offseason, and we got around like 40 players. Nick Casario was on the phone like crazy, bringing people in left and right. And everybody seemed to think that it was all linebackers. I mean, every time you looked, it was Texans signing a linebacker, bringing a linebacker in to work out. It, and even, even as uh, early as today, the Texans signed a linebacker. They brought in Hewitt from former New York Jets linebacker, uh, Neville Hewitt. He was a tackling machine last year. I think he had like 134 tackles, two sacks, maybe an interception. He had, he had himself a decent year. And, you know, competition. Competition, competition, competition. That's what Nick Casario has been preaching this whole offseason. And, and it's actually kind of showed with, with what he's done uh, throughout the offseason with free agency and draft picks. You know, going into the draft, we had a team that had holes all over the board. What they could have done was just basically take the best player on the board at the time of their picks, selected eight people, and been done with it. But that's not what they did. You know, Nick Nick had his guys, I think he he valued, and like I said, we started with eight, and after two trade-ups, uh, ended up with only having five. So here's a quick breakdown of the picks. At 67 in the third round, we picked quarterback Davis Mills out of Stanford, traded up into the third round to pick 89 to pick up Nico Collins, wide receiver from Michigan. Round five, we took tight end Brevin Jordan out of Miami at 147, then traded up again in round five to 170 to take TCU linebacker Garrett Wallow. And then in round six, at pick 195, took Roy Lopez, defensive tackle out of Arizona. Way different than I thought it was going to be. I mean, just listen to my last podcast. I did not think that any of the three quarterbacks were going to be there. Um, the second-tier quarterbacks were going to be there once the Texans were picking, and almost all three of them were. You had the Buccaneers pick Trask at the end of the second round. Um, you had the Vikings take Mond two picks, one pick before us, I think one pick, and then we took Mills. And from the sounds of it, the Texans were set on Mills even if all three of them were available. Uh, they had that story come out that, I guess, his sister... They'd already knew they got the call before both Trask and Mond were picked. So once those guys were picked, they weren't really worried. You know, they weren't worried about dropping because the Texans had already given them a call. And a lot of that has to do with the familiarity. You know, this weird offseason, you didn't get, um, you didn't get, you know, your normal pro days. You didn't get to scout them out normally. They didn't have the combine. 
And, you know, Pep Hamilton used to be at Stanford. You know, he has his ties there. He's really good friends with the coach there, Shaw. And they used that. They used the familiarity along with their projection for him next year. You know, if, if he stayed back one more year, was healthy, and, and played the whole year, he probably would end up being a first-round pick in 2022. So you are betting on getting him early. That's what your goal is here. You are trying to be ahead of the game and pick him in the third round of the year before he would go in the first. So, you know what? Fingers crossed, that's what happens. If anything, he's projected out to maybe be a very serviceable backup quarterback. I know that's not what you want to hear, but it is it is how it's projected and how it's looking so far. But I don't know. He could do really well, and I hope he does. But, you know, to continue on that pick the guys you know, well, they traded up into the third round again. They traded a two-fourths and a fifth to get into the third round to pick up Nico Collins, which I think is my favorite pick of this draft so far. The wide receiver out of Michigan, you know, he's like 6'4", 215. He, he's a good, good athlete, good wide receiver, has the hands, can go up and get it. And that's what we need. We need those guys that can go up and get it. Look at what Casario's done. He took a, a weakness for the Texans in size at wide receiver and has brought in through the draft and free agency like four or five guys, Conley, Moncrief. You know, these guys are all over 6'3", 6'4". You know, they're bringing that height that the Texans severely lacked last year in the wide receiver department. Well, Nico Collins, he's on a Michigan team that is predominantly run happy, and he is producing. When you watch film, he stands out as a solid wide receiver. He's catching everything that comes his way. He's bringing up numbers. If he had a a big-name quarterback or was at you know, Alabama or any of those other schools, he'd be in the first round, hands down. Not to mention, he opted out last year because of COVID, so he didn't even play in 2020. 2018, 2019, he got better each year and was projected to do the same. Had he played last year, even without a good quarterback or any of that, he probably would have been easily a second round, if not a late first round pick. And I think we got to steal, honestly. Nico Collins, to me, is he's going to be a solid, solid player for us. And I don't want him rushed out there. And that's the thing with all these guys is we don't need to rush anybody out. We have that option. We're not needing them out there. We know this is probably a lost season. So don't ruin the development of the young players by rushing them out there. Let them make their way, work themselves onto the field. And don't ruin it. Let them come at their own pace. The best thing for Mills is to not see a single snap all year long. Tyrod Taylor, if he stays healthy, that'd be awesome. Because I want him starting the whole year if we don't have Watson. Let Mills sit for the entire year. Let him learn. Get Get that extra year under his belt. Nico, he has probably a better chance of actually producing this year. Uh, And going forward. And then, you know, we went offense, offense. Okay, well, defense was a huge hole, so we're going to have to get that the next pick. Well, no. We went offense again and took tight end Brevin Jordan from Miami. That dude can play. 
if you don't look at his numbers from his pro day and stuff like that, because he, he didn't have a good pro day. He, he really wasn't anything special on that, which is probably what made him drop. But if you look at the tape, there's analysts out there who thought he was the second, third, maybe fourth best tight end that played college football last year. Seriously, go look at his tape. When he gets the ball in his hands, he can power over people. He can make people miss. I mean, everybody's probably seen the highlight where he's hurdled the defender. Uh, But you get him in space, and he can make it work. And the great thing about him, you know, he's not not just like another Jordan Akins. I know a lot of people are like, well, we already got Jordan Akins, a pass-catching tight end. He's willing, way more than more than willing, to go out and block. And he excelled at blocking when he was out wide like a wide receiver. But he is definitely able to set the edge. He's more than willing. Yes, he needs to bulk up. And do not expect anything solid from this kid in year one, probably even year two. It, tight ends, for whatever reason, take extra time to develop in the NFL. You don't see these guys breaking out really until year three, you know, year four sometimes. You've even seen guys break out once they hit their 30s. It, it's it's a crazy, weird thing with tight ends. I don't know what the deal is, but he needs to bulk up, get a little more size, but he's going to be special. And we didn't have anybody on our roster for tight ends past 2022 everybody's contracts are, I think five of the seven contracts are expiring this year. We needed the depth. We needed that. So for everybody sitting here saying, oh, why did you do that? Why why take him? That's the reason. Because the contracts literally are expiring this year, and you need a depth. And he was good. He was a steal at that spot. They could be the steal of the draft in a couple of years. You look back and be like, wow, I can't believe they got him in the fifth. You know, after him, it kind of went unnoticed that the Texans, they traded up. They traded up with the Bills, and there was like 15 picks before them. Like, usually you see teams trade up, and it's, you know, right to the pick that's going on right now. Or it's, you know, right before the pick next, excuse me the next pick up because they they know what's going to happen with that. No, they they kind of like secretly traded up and it totally didn't work because you had everybody saying basically they were going up for Nate Hobbs. They were going up for the cornerback from Illinois because of again because of their ties with, you know, Lovey Smith was just there. But they didn't get him. The Oakland Raiders jumped in front of them and took him a couple spots ahead of him. So I kind of think Nick panicked and and took you know the top defender maybe on his board uh, in Garrett Wallow, but you know with as struggling as the defense was last year, it was really shocking that they only took two defenders. But when you look in the grand scheme of things, what they did this off season, they brought in sixteen defenders, plus got Shaq Lawson in a trade that sent McKinley to the Dolphins. I'm not saying that the defense is going to be top 10 by any means, but I, I think with the change and with getting the right personnel, that that's kind of the key. You know, they, they brought in and have 10 linebackers now. I know we, we said, you know, they got 40,000 or whatever, but they only have 10 linebackers going into OTAs. But they have 16 defenders, you know. 
that were brought in. They brought in six defensive linemen, five linebackers, and five defensive backs. That's not bad. I mean, we did some work. But still, this was my most underwhelming and disappointed pick here. And I I don't know who they should have. They shouldn't have, like, gave their hand away so early trading up. Everybody, I feel, knew that they were going up for him because of the ties, because of the need. And that's why Oakland stepped up and took him. So I think Casario screwed up on that one, and hopefully he learns in the future, you know, not to do that going forward. But, and then our last pick, you know, Roy Lopez, he, uh, you know, defensive tackle, super strong. I think the kid did like 36 reps at 225. And when you watch his tape, he he is all upper body, which is why he is where he is. He seriously needs to work on his footwork. If he can get his footwork down, man, he's going to be something else because he is strong. So strong. He can push through the line. He can stop the run. He can take on these blocks. But again, it's all about his footwork. He really needs to work on his footwork. If that can happen, he's going to be a great player. That being said, both these defensive players are going to be rotational players at best for the next couple years. Hopefully, we kind of use this season to you know, get the younger guys in there, get them some, some reps, see what we have with them, you know, especially last year's guys. We didn't hardly play Grenard, you know. Coulter, wide receiver, I, he didn't see it down. You know, we need to get these guys in there, get them some reps, see where we at, are with them. The free agents we brought in, it was all one- and two-year deals. I think there was like two- or three two-year deals. Everything else has been a one-year deal. We need to see who we have that we want to extend. And really utilize this this year to just take a big picture look. You know, you're nowhere even close to to competing. We are going to be better than people think. We're not going to go zero and seventeen, and we're not going to go eight and nine. But I would see five, six wins possibly. That you know, we're going to steal a couple wins, and it's it's gonna we're gonna be good enough to screw up getting a top pick I feel which I'm not for tanking but and that and that's the other thing is I don't I don't want to tank to go get a quarterback like I'm not the quarterbacks next year I'm not super in love with you know they have a year to change my mind obviously like Zach Wilson one year Joe Burrow one year you know these guys have these great one years and then are top picks same thing happened with Mitchell Trubisky. So you don't know if you're going to get a good one or not. You know, Burrow looked looked the part last year. He looked good till he got hurt. So I'm not I'm not for tanking. I'm really not about it. And uh, just this whole Deshaun Watson mess is it's a mess. It's it's exactly what it is. You know, had had the issues not come out, the allegations not come out against him. Um, if none of it had come out at all, like it never happened, not that it was like hidden, but that it never happened, we are in a whole different picture. And I, I honestly, I don't know if if he's gone, if we're playing hardball, because Nick kind of seemed like the kind of guy that's going to do that. He was ready to play hardball, and then kind of everything hit the fan, and that, I guess, gave him the okay 
to trade away a superstar. You know, coming into it, nobody wants to be like, oh, my first move as general manager, I'm trading away my superstar quarterback, face of the franchise. No, you, there were literally like riots. But, you know, with everything that happened, it made it more palatable for him to do. And I think they pretty much had decided, I think, at that point that, yeah, he's tradable, but now you can't trade him. He's tradable, but untradable. There are a few teams, like I said in the last podcast, that do have picks in the future, a couple years, that they can still get a good deal for him. So we'll see. You know, it's it makes no sense to trade for a bunch of picks now because you don't know what those picks are. You don't know if it's going to be a top five pick or it's going to be a 25th pick. You know, if it is the Dolphins, maybe they go on a tear, you know, and they, they make the playoffs or whatever, but they're still wanting Deshaun because Deshaun will put them right over the top. Well, all those late round first first round picks are not, those aren't going to do it. You'd have to give up a lot. So we'll see. The schedule comes out, so we'll do a podcast on that, and we will break down the season and and see where we might squeak out a few wins or how optimistic I am. I'm feeling a little more optimistic today. Uh, Next week could totally change my mind. Who knows what happens between now and then, but it's the Texans. You got to live and die by them. Houston sports knows it. Can't ever have a good thing. Something happens. Everyone stay safe out there. Have some fun. Enjoy the springtime. But don't forget, go Texans!